stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Good morning, guys out there, folks all over the the place. So wonderful to be with you, to be a minister to you this morning. I've been preaching and teaching on the on the parables, and of course, uh, the parable of the sower is the first one, and it's a very important parable that Jesus taught the people to explain the kingdom of God. Uh, the second parable is the wheat and tares, and it's a very, very important parable also. The third is the mustard seed, and the fourth is the leaven, you know, like, like uh, the leaven on, the, on bread, when you're making bread. That's, that's the fourth parable. The fifth is the hidden treasure. And so today I'm going to do the fifth, the sixth, and the seventh. And spend some time sharing with you about how to view the gospel. How to view what's in front of you. Because we need to create in our minds, <clears throat> based on biblical knowledge, a spiritual image of where we are, where we live, what we do, and who we are. You see, when you sort of begin to live this life, it becomes caught up with... Uh, the bills you have to pay, the people that like you, people that don't like you, the repair of the car, and uh, uh, how much you need to gain, how much you need to lose, what you're eating, how much you sleep, and what, where you go to church, and, and the NRS. That's really life. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> life is RS. But there's another point of view of looking to see the Lord. For instance, I want to tell you a story. I've, uh, I have a, a, an old Explorer car. It used to be a car that belonged to, to Bob Odeorn. He gave it to me for uh, 100,000 miles in it. And of course, I've been driving for the last uh, 40,000 miles, that car, going to work, going to ministry, back and forth. And suddenly, the Lord showed me something about that car that I had never seen before. And as I looked down, I saw a, a, a long boat hanging there, like loose on the bottom of the car. I didn't know what that was. So I went to the shop. Juan <clears throat> is the one that repairs our cars in Athens, Georgia. He's a Mexican, wonderful man of God. And he said, the stabilizers are worn out in the and the, the pieces of rubber that goes around it, they're not there anymore. i got to repair it. And he fixed it. And suddenly, I could stay on the road much better. And uh, Now, the Lord showed me that. So, God is able to reveal to you life in its small forms, what you need to do about other things. In other words, he, He's in charge of running your life and helping you to put things together. And, uh, and He is a wonderful Lord, a wonderful Lord, wonderful Savior. And so, let me go to the, to the, uh, the parable of the hidden treasure. And I'll begin with it. It says, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in the field. So the kingdom of heaven, the new covenant, is like uh, uh, something hid in the field, a treasure. So, a treasure is something very valuable. 
When you think of a treasure, you think about gold and silver and diamonds and pearls and all kinds of things. A man found it and, and, and hides it and for the joy thereof goes and sells all that he had and buys the field. And so, it's simply saying, the moral is Christ is worth more than anything else and by far the most important thing you can have in your whole life is a relationship with Jesus. Now, of course, uh, you probably have no relationship with Jesus Christ. You're trying to get something going, but you don't know how to do it. Well, you see, there's a treasure out there. He hid in, in a field, which when a man has found it, he hides it, and for joy thereof, goes and sells all that he has, and buys that field. So, so it's worth everything in the world. He sold everything he had, meaning his house, his cars, his motorcycle, uh, uh, his investments, his, his t- everything he had, watches and silver and gold, and he bought that field because he found a treasure in it, and he valuable so, so much. That's the parable of the hidden treasure. Let me ask you this. Would you give everything you have, silver, gold, house, cars, everything you have, if you could, uh, for some way, uh, buy this treasure? I want you to know the treasure is free. Jesus says, For God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son, for whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And so He is the he is the treasure that every single person in the world thrives and desires to find. Now, the second parable, it is the sixth, the sixth parable. I just did the fifth. Let me do the sixth parable. The kingdom of heaven is, is likened to a merchant man seeking godly pearls. Now, this man must be rich. Yet he is... Uh, is not satisfied with the situation, and rightly so, because pearls are the only substance which cannot be improved by men. If you see a pearl, there's nothing that uh, you can do to a pearl to make it look better. It is one of the most valuable, priceless pieces of wealth you can own. It's like Christ. It's like Jesus. He went and sold all he had and bought it. Now, the idea of the first parable is the treasure. He sold all he had to buy the treasure, to buy the field where the treasure was. And this one is about the merchant who, looking for pearls, and he found this pearl that was just amazing, and he sold all he had. Notice that the the fifth parable and the sixth parable has to do with giving everything you got. Everything you have in order to acquire. There's nothing more precious than having the kingdom of heaven, having Jesus, having Christ Jesus into your life. And so you sort of, a, it's putting Christ, the fifth and the sixth parable, is raising Christ Jesus above everything else the world has to offer. To where when He is, he is the most valuable thing. You might think your company is the most valuable thing. You might think that your car is the most valuable thing. Well, cars get uh, old and 
they get rattled and they get uh, beat up. And as you put 100,000 on the car, but the pearl, there's nothing you can do. It's forever and ever the most precious piece of jewelry you ever have in your life. And so, that is the sixth parable. Went and sold all that he had and bought it. This pearl is worth everything. Everything is what it will take to obtain it. Everything is what it will take to obtain it. It's everything. Everything. Now, I, I want to tell you this. I was in a, in, a, in a soccer tournament in the heart of Rio de Janeiro. And there was a lake with a cross in the middle of the lake. Lit. About a six foot cross. And it was a wonderful experience I had in being there. And there were 200 of us kids registered for that tournament and for that retreat to the Methodist Church. It's called Camp Wesley in the heart of Rio de Janeiro. And I sat right in the front because I'm bound for him. B, B, I'm first. B, A and B. And he came to the pulpit, a man with a critical collar, and, uh, uh, and he began to teach. He began to preach. And I want you to know that uh, he preached a powerful word. It was an amazing word. It was an unbelievable word. And he made an invitation out of the 200 kids that were there to come and receive Christ Jesus as the pearl of great price. Oh, that really got to me. Oh, I began to cry. My chest began to, to kick up and down. My heart was palpitating. And I knew that something was about to happen. So I just got up, and in front of me there was a, 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 a short stand, wooden stand that goes all the way down. You can't go, you've got to go around in order to get out of it to go to the pulpit. And I suddenly, out of there, out of there, I came into a place that, uh, I came into a place, and suddenly out of, out of there, I began to teach, I began to minister. After I received Christ, now the pearl of great price is that type of that type of finding that I found that morning. I couldn't believe I found a pearl of a great price. I found something so valuable that I'll deny everything. I run away from everything. I I I, and so I, I I came forward. The only kid that got up to go to the altar was me. And he touched me and began to pray for me. I went home that night. I had something special in my heart I never felt before. And about a month later, I was on a bus going to Brasilia where I began to take care of a little church. I was 15 years old. I began to take care of a little church called Núcleo Bandeirante. And in that church... There was a family, and Mauro was the oldest one. Mauro passed away yesterday. I was there in that little church in, 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 in Núcleo Bandeirante where I began my ministry to serve the pearl of great price. It's been 50 years, oh, more than that, 60, 60 years ago. I'm 79, so it's about, I'd say, 60. Divide 60. Divide, divide, uh, uh, well, whatever. I, I, I was... <laughs> <laughs> I was taken by the pearl of great price, and I'm still taken by the pearl of great price, and I simply 
<laughs> Every time I begin to talk about it, I get emotional. <laughs> because I found something precious. So that is the, the parable, the sixth parable, that talks about the pearl of great price. Oh, my goodness gracious. Let's go to the parable of the net. It's the seventh parable in the last of all parables. Now, let me read it carefully because my Bible study this morning uh, it settles on to the seventh parable. Again, the seventh parable. The kingdom of heaven. Notice that all, that all the parables relate to the kingdom of heaven, explaining what's about to come in eternity. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast out into the sea and gathered of every kind. All types of believers come into the church. The liberal, the conservative, the, the dead, the, the, the born again, the angry, the bitter, the resistant, the, the one that can't forgive. All of that. The net takes everybody in together. Which when it was full. Now, the idea of being full here is that the dispensation of the church is about over. The church, the church age is about over. America has thousands and thousands of churches. There's revival everywhere, but the churches are empty. And when was full? When the church age is over, it's almost over. They drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but can't stop the bad away. Now, the good here are those who put their trust in Christ, who have not resisted the gospel of Jesus Christ, who have surrendered their lives to Christ, who have respected and honored the Holy Spirit without blaspheming the Holy Spirit of God. Those are the good ones. And, and, and the story says that they drew to shore and sat down, gathered the good into vessels, but cast out the bad one away. What is the bad away of those that have rejected Christ? Those that have laughed and ridiculed about Christ. And if you study very carefully this, this, this scripture, you're going to notice this. That there's a lot of people that will resist and continue to resist the Lord of glory. And they will answer to God in the day of judgment. Don't you spend your time with people that resist and reject Christ. Try not to do that because it's not the thing to do. You don't want to. You don't want to do that. And so, here's, here's the end of this story. So shall it be at the end of the world. At the end of age. This is not going to be continuing on and on and on, one century, two centuries. We're closer to the coming of Jesus now than never before. If you look how nature is responding, if you look how the church is empty, if you look at the revivals that are breaking through throughout the world, it's happening. In Brazil especially. You see, we've just been there. The revival in, in Brazil is uh, it's not two weeks of prayer in the chapel. It's forever worship, uh, on and out, on and out. Churches are packed with people. Millions are coming to Christ in Brazil. It says, The angels shall come forth, 
and sever the wicked from among the just. What do you mean by that? It means that uh, that when they drew to shore and sat down, the gathering of separation between the just and the unjust will be done by the angels of God. It's not going to be done by you. God, Jesus, with His angels, will judge those who have rejected the cross of Calvary. Now, I don't know if you know this, but the cross, what Jesus did at the cross, is being rejected by millions in America today, especially church leaders. They're rejecting the cross. Well, why are they rejecting the cross? They're rejecting the cross because they think that salvation comes in any other way. Salvation is possible through Buddha and through Muhammad and through, and through other gods and through other prophets. Salvation is to Christ and Christ alone, and that's not going to change. And so, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. The great white throne in Revelation chapter 20. I want to go there for just a moment before we close. I hope that you're enjoying this and you're listening to me. Revelation chapter 20 uh, begins on verse 11. Amen. And I want to read this to you because this is very important. You, never hear, you don't hear scriptures like this anymore. People don't talk about this anymore. It's just a very soft gospel. Okay? But this is what it is. And I saw a great white throne. This is the final judgment of the unredeemed which will take place at the end of the kingdom age. And him who sat on it, now the person who sat on it is the Lord Jesus. He is the Savior today. He will judge. That's Matthew twenty-five thirty-one. So let me go to Matthew twenty-five thirty-one. in just a moment. I know, I know, I know you're busy and I know you want to go home quick. 25, 21. Let me read it to you. You've got to hear this. Amen. You never heard this scripture in quite a while. Here's Matthew twenty-five twenty-one. Matthew twenty-five twenty-one. It says this: His Lord said unto him, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over all few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord." It's obvious that Christ is going to bring into the joy of the kingdom those who have professed Him as Lord and Savior. But I want you to know that uh, some of you have really rejected Christ. You continue to reject Him. You continue to belittle Him. And of course, and He said this, this is, this is uh, now the book of Revelation is, is, is written by John, the Apostle John. Which one? John the book, the book of John. The friendly, the friend of Jesus, James, James, and John, the, the, the best friends of Jesus, it says, And I saw the dead. Now, let's read it again. And I saw a great white throne. And him who sat on it was Jesus, whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. 
Everything that you do is put on a book. There are angels in heaven at this very moment writing down. You know, I, 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 I keep on looking at this. I went to, I went to a place called, uh, called uh, Salvador Bahia. And I've been dealing with a problem of depression because my wife passed away. And I, I don't like to be alone inside of a condominium. And I've been sort of a sad and morbid when I get there. Well, when I got back, when I got back from, uh, from Bahia, Brazil, I looked at the whole condominium and I had no more depression. Uh, God healed me. What did I do? Well, I, I don't know. But I, I bought a thousand dollars of Bibles and I distributed to a bunch of people that never seen a Bible before. And I think somebody in heaven wrote it down, wrote it down. And I, I'm healed. I'm, I'm dep- I have no more. I'm just as happy and joyful as can be. Now, everything you do is written down. When you cuss against the Holy Spirit, it's written down. When you go to church and go to sleep, it's written down. When you begin to cuss the preacher, it's written down. It says, And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. That's proclaimed the manner of the judgment, how it's done. Every little thing. So I've done a lot. I've, I've fed thousands and thousands and thousands of meals. I serve the Lord. I continue to serve the Lord. And I'm not that good of a servant, you know, speaker. But I keep on giving. I keep on preaching. I keep on traveling. I keep on going to mission trips. I keep on laying hands and reprimanding the devil. I keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on. Just keep on, keep on on until the day I drop dead. And I think the Lord Jesus is seeing that. And He continues to forgive my sin because I repent. And the sea gave up the dead. <laughs> that is, you're talking about you want to get away from the judgment of the Lord that comes out of the sky and you get a boat and go in the sea. Well, the sea will give up the dead. Nobody will escape which were in it. And in, in death and hell delivered up the dead which were in it. A lot of people are in hell already. You know, <laughs> Catholics say there's a purgatory. Well, I say to you, <laughs> I say to you, if you want to go to purgatory, just go to Guarulhos, the airport in São Paulo. That's purgatory. It's the worst airport I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> That's where all the Catholics are in the purgatory. That's where it is. And they will judge every man according to their works. They will judge every man, every man, every man, every man, every man. I'm talking about everybody in the world that died in, in the sea. The, the sea will give up the dead. They will be judged. Woo, woo. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. Combined, including the wicked of all ages. What is the wicked? I'm not talking that you sort of drink a beer and get drunk. You're wicked. I'm not talking about you that somehow don't go to churches or wicked. I'm talking about those of you who reject Jesus Christ as the Lord of life. That you laughed and ridiculed Him. And ridiculed His servants. I tell you, I've seen people judged because they have ridiculed and put me down harassed me. What I'm saying to you is there a lake of fire somewhere in eternity. And you don't want to end up in there. You want to serve the Lord. Give all you got to Him. And ask repentance for your sins and keep on going. Don't run from the call in the kingdom of God. And let me, let me read verse 15 of chapter 20 of Revelations, written by the Apostle John. 
You know, the Apostle John, you know John, the book of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that's the one. Now listen to verse 15. This is really important. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This includes every individual who isn't redeemed. Beginning with Adam and Eve, all the way to the 22nd or, uh, uh, <laughs> of January, whatever the month is, February 2023. In other words, it applies to all of you. That is, if they didn't come back to, come back to God. So let me ask you this, and, and I go to the parables again. And I, I'm on the seventh parable chapter. Amen. Let me go to the seventh parable. So it shall be at the end of the world, the angels come forth and sever the wicked from among the just. And they shall cast out the wicked into the furnace of fire, the great white judgment. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Because there will be judgment. Now, I want to ask you a question this morning. Why are you rejecting the pearl of great price? Why are you rejecting the treasure in the field? Why are you rejecting like a tear that has no purpose, no meaning, and produce nothing, and becomes someone that tries to hurt the wheat? How dare you? To be a pla- in a place to where there's no growth in your life. Let me ask you this. I want to pray that you repent of your sins. So I want you to lift your hands and touch the screen of your, of your computer. And repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus. I know that there will be a great day coming. When there will be judgment by the angels of God. As the net took all over everybody in. It'll be taken to the shore. And your angels will separate the, 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 the wheat from the tares. Your, 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 your angels, Lord, will convict of the pearl of great price. Your angels will come in and, 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 and have a treasure expo- exposed to you in the middle of nowhere. Some will sell everything to purchase. And Lord, I ask you that you forgive my sins. That you repent of everything I have done ever in my personal life. That you strengthen me to become a vessel of honor. And oh God, before the church age is over, I want to proclaim to everybody I know, God, I'm not going to be timid and shy. I'm going to speak up. I'm stand up. I'm going to proclaim. I'm going to put my hand forth and say, in the name of Jesus, I confess and I say that you repent of your sin. You see, a lot of us are sitting on the pews and we're treating Jesus as if somehow He's not enough. When there's an invitation, you never get up. You stay there as if somehow you want to, you want to, you want to sort of uh, argue the point. And I'm here to say to you, if you uh, know Jesus, you should be at the altar crying to God to forgive your sin and you repent before everybody. When you will repent inside of your living room, watching TV doesn't count. Repent, repentance is something you do in public. If you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father who is in heaven. And if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father who is in heaven. This thing about confession is an open thing. 
You in it or you're not. You in it or you're not in it. And you have to deny, you have to give everything you got. And, oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Father, God, I pray for those that are listening this morning. I pray for those, God, who understood the great white throne and the judgment that come, surely come to earth very soon, God. And I ask you, Lord, that they repent today. Say, I repent of my sins. I ask, Lord Jesus, to wash my head, watch my mouth, watch my hands, watch my feet. So I'll be a servant of yours for the day, every single day of my life. I confess to you, Lord Jesus, that I have sinned. And I repent of my sins, and I ask you to forgive me. I put my trust in Christ. I put my trust in the pearl of great price. And by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, I reprimand sin. I reprimand Satan, for he has no right to steal my soul and put me into the lake of fire. I will not go into the lake of fire. I will go to heaven. I will see my family, my loved ones. I will be blessed of God with eternity. A thousand million million years worshiping Jesus. In His precious name I pray. Amen. Amen.